0: What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Now, I know today is Thursday, April 29th, and for you NFL fans out there, today is draft day. It is finally here. I'm super excited. Been been doing mock drafts all week with the boys on the Split up Rights Podcast, but we still got to talk about NBA because NBA matters, okay? NBA matters uh and they're getting to the, the we're getting to the final stretch of the NBA season. Uh but today we're going to actually take kind of a step back and do kind of a lighter episode. Um I've got a bunch of different questions, some past questions, some some kind of talking about different players in the league right now. Um so kind of a lighter show not talking about the actual standings stuff like that what's happening in the NBA right now. Um just because we we are about to rev that up to the final stretch as well as the playoffs. So um, a little bit lighter of a show, I guess you can say, but uh, we're going to, just as we start as always, we got a question of the day and there's a couple of questions because they kind of go off of each other. The first ones are, would you rather, and then the second one, you'll kind of see where I, where I go with it. But um, the question is, Jacob, would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great, great grandchildren?
1: Um, ooh, that's tough.
0: Um, hmm
1: think I'll go in the past and meet my ancestors. Um, I like to know a little bit more about where I'm from. I recently did one of those 23andMe things just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of for the hell of it as a Christmas gift. Um, I'm pretty damn white, so I'll <laughs> Europe anyways. Um, but you know, it'd be cool to kind of, uh, just see your ancestors and, you know, kind of, I guess that era and what that time was like, uh, just getting to know like their perspective on life and stuff. Um, I'd, don't have too much of a desire because I don't know what my grandchildren would be but I have an idea of what my you know past
0: relatives have been. Gotcha it makes sense now that that's the perfect answer that was the answer I was hoping for because it kind of leads me into my next question so obviously there's been a lot of major events in history across America just in the world in general what top three major events or eras doesn't have to be just one date would you visit in the past?
1: Oh that's a lot um Eras or events? Yeah, I think I don't think I'm going to go in any particular order. I'm just going to mm-hmm. like name three events or maybe eras. I love to have been at like Woodstock.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that would have been an incredible event to go to. Yep. Um, just hearing all the stories, you know, passed down through generations and stuff. I think that'd be a crazy event to go to. Um, I think honestly, you know, before a lot of technology in like the '80s and stuff. Kind of like the NBA was getting big you know relate to the podcast a little bit i think that'd be kind of fun um you know watching mj play magic mm-hmm. play watch bird play all those guys i think the 80s was just kind of a fun and you know kind of riveting time period nope yep. um and the last one huh. shoot i don't know this is tough that's there's just so many options and events that have taken place mm-hmm. in history that's kind of to the de- uh hard to decide a third one
0: um shoot I'll, I'll i'll give you my topic i'll let yeah, you i'll let you me. think about yeah, your give
1: me some time for a third one
0: so i i've always you know watching the great gatsby i want to live in that time era the 20s yeah. the roaring 20s and i don't want to stay long enough to where i've got to go through the great depression but i would love to go and live kind of in that roaring 20s era uh, all the parties and stuff like that um i would love to live kind of in like ancient greece um yeah. back in the day Absolutely just because it's like, it's like different, you know, and kind of kind of see that history. Um, and then a part of me wants to say, like, to see the pyramids built, because I don't think like we did that. Um, yeah. Just just to kind of just kind of clear yeah, up all the conspiracy. theories.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Kind of get those answers. But um, I'm actually going to say and this might be weird, but kind of like the Civil War era, um, not during the battles, of course, but like kind of the aftermath and kind of experience that because I mean, We've all been through U.S. history, um, and it's pretty uh, it's pretty extensive. So I would love to kind of live during that time, and and also the colonies, like learn like live live kind of through then Reconstruction
1: era and the Thirteen mm-hmm. Colonies. That's cool. I guess your older old ones made me think. I think it'd be kind of cool to see like ancient China and how <laughs> like all that stuff is built, like the you know kind of like the Great Wall and yep. you know just all the history that China entails. I've been fortunate enough to go there, Mm know a little bit of Mandarin, so I think that'd be uh, one of the cool areas I'd like to, you know, kind of experience.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's all it's all about going into the old times. You know what I'm saying? Um, We've obviously, you know, lived through some some major events. I mean, really, really just 9/11 and COVID right now. Um, But uh, there there were some cooler some cooler times back in the day as well. So, um, but that's that's enough for our questions. We're gonna move on and talk. a little about some random things. Honestly, these are, these are all very random. Uh, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to them. The yeah, first one, there,
1: that's what you'll get.
0: There you go. Yeah. A lot of, this is, this is an opinion based show today. Um, but the first one I'm going to put the picture on the YouTube so you guys can see, but just so, um, you guys at home who are listening, uh, we're going to build an NBA goat. So there's five categories we're picking from we'll go through each category. I'll give you the players each time we pick a category. Um, But the five categories are shooting, and then their body type, handles, defense, and mentality, and basketball IQ. So the first category, we're just going to go category by category, and then we'll kind of recap the five, the five we choose from. So the shooting category, you've got Ray Allen, Steph Curry, Larry Bird, Clay Thompson, and Reggie Miller. First of all, I just want to say, I would love to watch this three-point competition. Hands down, would be amazing.
1: Yeah, that would be an incredible (laughs) you could put money on someone and you just have to be lucky on, on who's hot that day or not.
0: Exactly. So, but Jake, I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Who would you pick as your shooter or as a shooter? Um,
1: Yeah. Like you said, it'd be a tough three point competition, but you know, with that, a lot of three point, all these, a lot of these guys are catch and shoot guys like Ray Allen, Mm -hmm. Clay, Reggie Miller, Larry Bird. They can all catch and shoot very at a very efficient level. They can shoot off the dribble too, but I'm going to go with Steph for that reason. Um, Mm -hmm. He's the most versatile of a shooter. Um, you know, catch and shoot threes, he's efficient. But just him with the ball being able to step back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pull up from half court. I just think that sets him apart from these other four guys. So I have to go step.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it's tough not to pick Steph. I'm actually picking Clay Thompson. I think it's just solely purpose that I'm in. I think he has the most pure shot in NBA history.
1: Yeah, him it and just, Devin Booker are very hard to argue on.
0: It just looks beautiful. Like, I enjoy watching him shoot the ball. So, for that reason, I'm going Clay. But, I mean, you're, you're completely right. It's – I mean, Steph, Steph probably is the better choice here. But um just – just solely like it is shooting. So I'm thinking of more of as a catch and shoot and just the form in general. So I don't really care about him coming off the dribble or anything like that. Um, So yeah, that's why I picked Clay. Um, you got Steph on that one. So next up, we've got body. um, Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, LeBron James, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I'll go first. For this one, it was kind of between two or three people, really between two for me. no offense to Michael or Vince. I immediately nix them out of this. Um, and really it's between LeBron and Russ for me. Um, but the reason why LeBron gets the edge is, I mean, he's six seven, two fifty, and can run as fast as anyone. So, I mean,
1: No, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. It's kind of hard. I was kind of even comparing like Giannis a little bit because mm-hmm. they're, you know, just the size of LeBron and Giannis, but, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron has a little bit of that, you know, quicker step and, Athletic ability, where Giannis is just a little bit longer. So I agree, it's kind of hard to pass off on. LeBron's probably had the perfect body type for any sport in history for anything. He's literally just a freak of nature, god-gifted body. So I got to go with LeBron.
0: Exactly. Like I think if you put him in soccer or in basketball uh, or football, excuse me, even baseball, I think he's the most dominant athlete in that sport. Just.
1: Yeah, just yeah, if you grew up playing that, he'd be a monster at anything.
0: <laughs> exactly. So next up we've got the handles. Um, this one is a very I think this one might be the toughest um, one to pick, maybe defense, but um uh, we got Kyrie Irving, Allen Iverson, Jordan uh Crawford, excuse me, Jamal Crawford. I was thinking of his brother. Um that was for another segment later. Uh Isaiah Thomas and Stephen Curry. Jacob, I'll let you start this one. Who do you have as your handles? That's
1: tough. There are some. You know, those are probably five of the best of all time, just Mm -hmm. panning the ball, rocking people, dropping people on their ass all the time. Um, Kind of narrowing it down between AI and Jamal Crawford right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with AI, probably just a little bit more diverse with the ball. Jamal Crawford's insane, more street ball moves, but Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, AI's got that on a string. He's never going to lose the rock. Um, You know, that one where he crossed somebody – and then cross somebody again that's one of my favorite clips of all time in NBA history so um love AI so I think I'm gonna go with Allen Iverson
0: yeah um you know I kind of I don't I never watched Isaiah Thomas play in person so I have no idea why he's on this list but I guess he had good handles I, <laughs> it blows my I, mind it was crazy um but uh, Stephen Curry I think he's only on this list for one reason and that's his, what he did against Chris Paul on <laughs> the baseline like in like 2015 2016 or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's down to those first three guys. Jamal is great, but I do think he's more of a street ball guy. Um, and it, for me, it was between Kyrie and, and AI, and I think I'm going to go Kyrie just because, like, as of like, I mean, he really does have the ball on a string. If you watch him, like, literally, he I think he controls the ball. He controls the ball better than anyone I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. for that reason, I'm going to go Kyrie. So, but it's really one A and one B between those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, next up, we've got defense, and actually, this one might be the hardest category because all five guys I think are amazing. You've got Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Kawhi Leonard, Michael Jordan, and Gary Payton, the glove. Um, just because of nickname alone, I kind of want to give it to Gary Payton, but he's yeah. Um, yeah, the best nicknames of all time, yeah, or, or you got the claw, I guess, in, in Kawhi. So, I mean, I, I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't want to pick. Can I have them all?
1: Right. Um, you could just build a team with those five guys and be perfectly fine.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, for, for just because, um, for me right now, I'm between, I'm between Kawhi and and, and Scotty Pippen. I'm imagining, you know, we picked LeBron's body type. He, our guy's a shooter. He's got handles like Kyrie. So he's going to be more of a guard slash small forward. That's the reason why I'm not going to go Rodman. If I pick Giannis's body, I might go Rodman as defense. Um, so for that, I, I think I'm going to go Scotty Pippen. You got to go with the legend. I mean, he's known as the defensive GOAT of all time, so.
1: Yeah, he definitely helped out MJ a lot in those finals, mm-hmm. claiming down. you know, their best guard. Um, I'm with you. I'm going to pick another Bulls teammate, but it's not going to be MJ. It's, I think I'm going to go with Dennis Rodman on this one. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like you said, I went with LeBron's body type. Dennis Rodman was about the same size, and yeah, I think – I think the thing with Rodman that brings it on the defensive end is his heart and his hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I think you know the picture I'm talking about where he's like diving out of bounds, literally like flat in the air, saving, yeah. saving the ball. Um, you can't teach that to any people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure all five of those guys would do that. Um, but you really see the heart and hustle within this Rodman. So uh, I think I gonna go with Rodman there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I wish this would say defense and rebounding. Cause if it yeah. did, I would easily, I would go with, I would go with Rodman. Um, but yeah, just just I I, I just I like Scottie Pippen as defense, so I went with him. But I think Rodman again is another great choice. And then the last category, mentality and basketball IQ. You've got Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Magic, and Larry Bird. Who are you taking here?
1: Oh man, that is so tough. Um, especially because you're combining mentality and IQ
0: mm-hmm.
1: on that. Because you know, if you just went mentality, you probably have to say, you know, either Jordan or Kobe, but, mm-hmm. you know, they all have great basketball IQ as well, which brings, you know, LeBron and Magic back into the conversation. They've all won at least four NBA championships. I think Larry's won three,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so they've all been there, done that. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with uh, Jordan on this. Um, yeah. You know, he was 6-0 in finals. He's, um, you know, he kind of set the standard for mentality – <laughs> and how you play basketball. You know, that toughness that nothing's going to get in his head. Um, you might be able to chirp at him, but nothing's mm-hmm. going to affect his game. And the only reason I'm not picking Kobe is because it was Jordan who kind of started that, and Kobe mm-hmm. learned from that. And no knock on Kobe at all. It's just yeah. it was just kind of the original guy that you have that mentality for. And, of exactly. course, Michael a great basketball IQ player. He, he could pass, defend, do everything he <laughs> So yes.
0: I've
1: got to give it to the GOAT there.
0: If this one was just labeled as a mentality, you'd have to go with Kobe because mama mentality, you know what I'm saying? I know obviously he gets it from, from Jordan, but he's got the nickname, he's trademarked it and everything. Um, a part of me also wants to pick Larry Bird, and I wish there was a trash talking category because I think he would easily win this. Um, yeah. but that's but I think that's kind of why I, I want to go with his mentality, you know, he had the mentality of. I, there's a story where he um shot against someone. I think it was like the Atlanta Hawks in like the 80s, and he shot only left hand the whole game. and had like 42 points, and he's a yeah. right-handed guy. That's that's insane. Like th- that mentality is crazy, and have that IQ as well to know that. And he would, and his trash talking was so funny. If you watch some 30 for 30s back in the day when they oh, did like him on the Celtics, 30 30. he would he would tell people what he was gonna do. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna." Hate you with this move, and then he would do it, and then still get by. So, yeah, um, I think I think a lot of our
1: generation underappreciates how good Larry Bird was. Like mm-hmm. he'd be like literally one of the best players in the league right now. Like he'd be yeah, top I- three or four. Like he, he's a big dude, he could shoot. Mm-hmm. He was actually pretty athletic. People think he's just like slow because you know tall old white guy, but he was he was pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. Um. So for me, actually, it's really between Magic and uh, and Michael. Uh, and I really think it's because Michael's mentality versus magic's IQ. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously they both had great opposites as well, but I think they're both the top in that one. Um, but I think I am going to go with Michael as well, um, just because I think his IQ does beat out magic's mentality. And as you said, a lot of people have followed Jordan's footsteps when it comes to that mentality and kind of how they work and grind. And obviously that that went to Kobe and now Kobe's going off to other people. And so you can kind of see how that's kind of portrayed. So. Obviously got to go with Michael there. So we did have very similar ones, but just to kind of recap, um, I'll go, I'll recap mine real fast and you can recap yours. So shooting, I had Clay, body, LeBron, handles, Kyrie, defense, Scotty, and mentality and IQ. I had Jordan. What was your five again, Jacob?
1: Yeah, lots of similarities with body mentality, but uh, Mm -hmm. starting off with shooting, I had Steph, body, same with LeBron, handles, I went AI. Defense, I went Dennis Rodman and mentality and basketball IQ. I also went uh,
0: Michael Jordan as well. There you go. So again, um, the pictures on YouTube, if you guys want to see that, let us know at YouTube uh, who you guys would pick down low in the comments. Uh, But we're going to move on now. We're going to, in honor of the NFL draft being tonight, and we're going to probably start this series. um, Maybe we'll go back and do further ones, but we just, I just wanted to start with 2010. It's been about 10 years. Um, A lot of these guys are still in the league and, and some of them are big name guys. Some of them. Don't even play in the league anymore. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and redraft two NBA drafts. We're just gonna do the top ten, so you know, not not a full redraft, just the top ten picks um, from the twenty ten, and then we're also gonna do the twenty eleven draft. And um, we're gonna alternate. So I am gonna let I am gonna let Jacob have the first overall selection, and then we'll alternate, and then in twenty eleven we'll flip. So uh, in the twenty ten draft, the Wizards would take who at number one, Jacob, in the redraft
1: um I'm gonna go with Paul George Um, uh, just length of his career has been pretty solid once he stepped up in Indiana it's been very consistent I know the playoff P and pandemic mm-hmm. the P has been a thing the last couple of years but you know he's been a great player Um, uh, has been injured too much other than his you know one really brutal accident but other mm-hmm. than that it's been healthy and pretty much been there and you know stay consistent in the last few years
0: exactly yep, yep. makes sense and I think he's you said it best. He's been the most healthy out of all these guys because the next few picks, it's all about injuries. And, and so number two, um, Gareth coming in with the most hype, uh, John Wall, he goes to the 76ers at number two. Um, I think realistically, probably like four years ago, I might have put Cousins over Wall just because Cousins, I felt like had done more in his career. But Cousins kind of has fallen off the last four or five years due to injuries mainly. Um, Wall has had two major injuries the last two years. But he's recovered really well this year for the Rockets. And so that way, so for that reason alone, I got to put him at number two. Yeah, no, I
1: actually totally agree with you. I had John Wall as my number two as well. Um, Both a third pick in the redraft of the 2010 NBA draft. Um, I did go DeMarcus Cousins uh, Mm -hmm. right after that. Um, I think he might be the most skilled and talented guy out of everyone in that draft. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you think back three or four years ago to 2017, when he was on the Pelicans, He was putting up like 30, 12, and six, blocking two shots, having to steal. Um, He was an unstoppable force until, you know, injuries, you know, kind of plagued his career. Um, But he was good for a handful of years, even, you know, on Sacramento. Um, He just wasn't on a good team. And then, you know, last few years, I feel bad for the man because I really wish I got to see his career develop, you know, and do and proceed to, you know, become greatness. But I'd have to go to Marcus Cousins at three.
0: Yep, exactly. I had I had him at three as well. And then at four, um, again, I think a guy who kind of had a slow start to his career. And then when he got to the place that he wanted to be at, he had a major injury, kind of affected him. But He's having kind of a resurgence now, Gordon Hayward, of course. Yep. Um, you know, crazy to think that this dude went ninth overall. He went, he took Baylor to the final or to the national championship game. And, you know, I mean, no one no one expected him to have the career he's having, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And he's he's had a great career. Um, realistically, I think the move from the Jazz to Celtics was a bad one for him. Um, just because I think he was playing so well in Utah and it was a perfect situation for him. He goes to uh, Celtics to play with his old coach from college, and then in like this first game, he breaks his ankle in half or some crazy injury. So, but I got him at four going to the uh Timberwolves. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Shout out to him. I agree, I agree with you again on that. We, I guess we've had the same top four so far, but yeah. you know, other than the injury, he, he broke his hand now, and he's been having a great year in Charlotte uh, mm-hmm. outside of that. Um, but with the fifth pick, this is kind of where it starts to get interesting. Yep. Um, you know, you got a lot of you know middle of the road NBA guys here. Um, you know, similar talent level, different positions. But I'm just went with the guy who's you know kind of been the most consistent, been around the longest, and had the most impact. And I went with Eric Bledsoe. Um, you know, once he had that, um, you know, big year with uh, the Clippers, they mm-hmm. went to Phoenix for a while. He's kind of bounced around the league a lot, but he's an impact in teams. He's a good two-way player. Uh, can't shoot where shit, but um, <laughs> he's a good in offense player, can score, can get to the rim and play pretty good defense. So I went with Eric Bledsoe at five.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I think he is. he's definitely a drop-off from Gordon Hayward when it comes to talent. But I think the next couple guys after him kind of like he's he still has his own gap. So that's why I have him at five as well. Um, It's just unfortunate for him that he hasn't he's been in great situations, but he just hasn't ever been really that guy like he wasn't in LA early on in his career. Um, I think if he ever was, he would have he would have had a lot better career, but who knows? Um, Next up, the Warriors. I got him taking Derek Favors. Um, And I was I, I thought about them potentially taking. A couple other names that you might see in the listener in mm-hmm. a okay, second. But in my head, I was like, this dude has has been very consistent over his career. Yeah. Just like you said with so he hasn't been a huge impact guy. So, I mean, you don't want to take him at six, but he's played forever. He's been very efficient uh, with the Jazz. He started with the Nets, though. Um, and then he, even with the Pelicans uh, a couple years ago, um, as kind of he started as a center, but then was really their sixth man. Mm-hmm. He was good for them. So, 20, yeah
1: I'm gonna say. it's all the role player you know helped out a lot of teams good mm-hmm. you know two-way f- kind of stretch four in a way exactly um, all right who's number seven
0: the Pistons The
1: Pistons with the seventh pick in the redraft 2010 um I have them taking Avery Bradley yep um, you know he's a good two-way player I think a lot of people kind of forget how good he was and how instrumental he was to the Celtics of the early 2010s mm-hmm. um during that time he was known as one of the best defenders of guards in the league, you know, hands down, it was like Cam and Rondo and a couple other guys. Um, he's developed a pretty dang good jump shot over the last few years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's bounced around from team to team the last couple of years, but everywhere he goes, he finds a role to at least fit in and make a somewhat of an impact on the team. So I take Avery Bradley at seven.
0: There you go. And uh, for me at number eight, um, we saw it in New York for a very short time. Got to go with Linsanity, baby. Um, you know, I and, and again, it's I don't think he was good enough to go at eight. Uh, and, and hopefully if he had that stretch for a longer period of time, he probably would go at eight. This is more kind of, I would not say for a meme, but um, I have him going at eight just for that stretch of Linsanity. I mean, and he's been a solid guard. He's been yeah. a solid guard when he actually played. Um, but uh, just for that stretch of insanity, you got to put him here at eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean nothing wrong with that. People always, you know, jump on the talent when mm-hmm. um, they see it, even if it's only for a short period of time. Exactly. Uh, with the ninth pick, um, I'm going to go with Patrick Patterson. Um, I think he was picked like at twelve or thirteen mm-hmm. the, originally in this draft. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's still making a little bit of an impact on the Clippers right now. Mm-hmm. He made impact with the Raptors earlier in his career, and even in Houston. Um, you know, stretch four guy, can block shots. Um, so I'm going to go Patrick Patterson at
0: nine. There you go. Now, I've got three names that I that I want to take here at 10. Um, first being Hassan Whiteside. Um, he's, he's been very impactful since he got his 2K rating up. Um, another guy is Evan Ingram, not Ingram, uh, Evan Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's later in his career, he started to deteriorate. Um, but early on, he was a great kind of point forward. Mm-hmm. um and, and he, his problem was he just never had a jump shot and this one is for meme but um because he would be going to my team but Lance Stevenson uh at 10 going because the Pacers are picking at 10 here um but that that one was more for the meme just to make sure that the LeBron blow-in happened in his year again um but I but realistically I would take Hassan Whiteside here he was a difference maker on the boards in the glass he was he was better than Roy Hibbert if that makes sense so um in more athletic version of that, but that's our 2010 redraft. Um, you guys can let us know down below who you guys would take. Another name that I want to mention out is um, Al Minu as well.
1: Yeah, Very don't forget guy. Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe had a few solid mm-hmm. years. Loved picking him in 2K though. I think that was more yeah. of what I'm thinking about. <laughs>
0: he, he was a great backup center in 2K. How about that? <laughs> there we go. So, and then I just, I just want to I, I I completely forgot about this. I just wanted to let everyone know that in back-to-back drafts, because we're about to do the 2011 draft now, the Pacers selected both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but we didn't put them on a fucking tune together. Stupid.
1: Well, it could have been a championship, but. Yeah, prob-
0: probably not. So, uh, but we're going to go ahead and move now to the 2011 draft um, as well. So this is a, this is a draft kind of headlined by a, a, a few superstars, uh, actually a lot of superstars. Yeah, this um, one, so This one was one. tough
1: to yeah. kind of figure out the top five were kind of tough to decide one through five and then six through 10, where it's also kind of tough to, you know, figure out where they, those guys should go as well.
0: Exactly. So, uh, but I've got an easy job, I think at one. Um, I, I hope I, you see the right name. <laughs> the, 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 person I'm picking is Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, one of finals MVP, uh, one has won two uh, NBA championships. <laughs> so got to go Kawhi here. He's probably got a third coming hopefully at some point in his career. Uh, Cause it's, you know, yeah. Silent Assassin is what I call him, but here we go. You're number two now.
1: Number two. Um, I know this might surprise people, maybe, but um, I'm with Clay. Just the yep. impact he's had out of you know Golden State. You know, going to be a top three, four shooter of all time. He's won three rings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done his part uh, to definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. So you got to go with Clay, number two.
0: Yeah, and um, I might surprise some people here at number three as well, and partially because I, I'm not a huge fan of um the guy who went first overall in the actual draft. So I'm taking Jimmy Butler at three. Um, You know, we just talked about mentality and basketball IQ. He's more about mentality, but I would love to have a guy like him on my team. So um, I got to take Jimmy Butler here. And I think this class was really good about having some some good defensive small forwards and him and, well, I guess Jimmy Butler's a shooting guard now, but him and and Kawhi really are great on defense and on offense. So got to go with Jimmy here at three.
1: But shout out to Chicago Bulls for getting him at 30 in the uh-huh. first, last pick of the first round. So that was a hell of a steal by Chicago. Exactly. Uh, but number four pick in the 2011 redraft. Um, I can't believe he fell all the way to number four. Um, I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving. Yes, he might be a head case in the locker room. You know, that could just be speculation. You know, who knows what to believe? But he is an all NBA type player. He He can shoot, he can do everything with The Rock. So, um special talent you don't really see players like him so Kyrie at number four
0: and it, it's crazy to think that the uh I, I just I just realized the team so first overall was the Cavs picking and fourth overall was the Cavs picking so they got in this draft Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving to to basically rebuild a couple of years after LeBron leaves I mean or I think this was the year that LeBron had left right like 20 20 the 20 um, 2011
1: draft 2010 so LeBron had been in Miami for one year.
0: Yeah, that so is. this is – yeah. So what a way to restart your franchise. I mean, LeBron might have come home quicker if he saw Kawhi with Kawhi and Kyrie. But uh, they went they went originally Kyrie and then Tristan Thompson. So I guess it kind of worked out. Not really, but – They got a ring um, out of it. So. Yeah, that is true. Um, And then picking at five, kind of the last of the superstars. I mean, you can argue if you wanted a big here in this situation, but – um solely what he did it what he did with the bobcats got to go kimba walker here Mm -hmm. um you know his kind of his career is kind of going downhill now with boston but i guess point guards don't succeed in boston unless you're isaiah thomas you got to be you know you got to be 510 or shorter to succeed in boston if you're the point guard um Mm -hmm. but you got to go kai or kimba walker here he's yeah he's one of the best in bobcats history and I mean, I know that's not saying a lot, but uh, that's still saying something that you're one of the best to ever be in an NBA team franchise's history. So you gotta go with Kimba at five.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I'm gonna go with the guy you're maybe making a case for at number mm-hmm. five is Nikola Vucevic. Yep. Um being two-time all-star now. Um just got traded to the Bulls, um, been an outstanding player in Orlando. Um looking forward to seeing what him and Zach Levine can do in the next couple of years and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully maybe build, you know, a two-star team and maybe lead Chicago back into playoffs next few years. But um, he's been a solid player ever since he'd been to, in the league. And if you ask a normal NBA fan, they'd have no idea. they probably think he's made up, but uh, he's a very good NBA player.
0: Exactly. Now um, I'm going to follow it up with the other big, uh, Jonas Valachunas. I think those two guys have been phenomenal um, when it comes to just consistency. Jonas did it with the Raptors. Um, it took it took both of them a little bit to get in the NBA. I think they were both overseas guys, anyway. I think Jonas or Jonas played in the no no. Um, Nikolai played in the uh, he played for USC. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't think Jonas played in the in college, so I think he's from overseas. Um, but I think both of them once they once they've got their footing, they've both been great. Um, I think y- Jonas plays for the Grizz- Grizzlies now, and he's a starting center right now because J- Triple J's out. Um, so that's why I have him at seven, just a little bit more consistent. And again, it, they haven't had to worry about a center position in both teams for a while. So,
1: yeah. Uh, number eight, I'm going to go um, with Tobias Harris. Mm. Um, he's had a solid NBA career, um, very consistent kind of wherever he's been. You know, start with, I think, in Orlando and he was up in what Detroit mm-hmm. for a little bit, mm-hmm. the Clippers. But it's really these last four or five years he's thrived, you know, which kind of, you know, solidifies him to be a top 10 pick. Um, I, I, don't think I'd take him above any of the other guys who drafted, but I think this is kind of a good spot for him to slide in at number eight.
0: Yep. I totally agree there. Um, you know, it, he's been, he's been very solid. I, I wanted to pick him next. So I was hoping you didn't steal him because it kind of makes, now this is kind of where the talent I feel like drops off a lot. Um, I am going to take Isaiah Thomas here. He was picked 60 overall, so a huge, a huge jump, um, And again, you know, unfortunately, he hasn't been on a team, I think, for like two, three years now, um, Mm -hmm. when he really deserves to be on a team. He's a very phenomenal scorer. His only downfall, and I think a lot of, I think a team would have a tough issue drafting him here anyway, um, Mm -hmm. especially without knowing what he would become. Uh, It's just because of his size. I mean, dude's 5'9", playing in the NBA. But he
1: got third in MVP voting that one year. He like was second in the league in scoring, almost led them to the finals. Yeah. Um, no shadow. That you know, that's you know, putting mind over matter. You know, sometimes people complain, "Well, I'm not big enough." Well, neither is he, and you know, he destroyed the whole league that year.
0: Exactly. So, the, really, really, his his um his Celtics years is the reason why. But I mean, he he was killing it with the Suns when they had three point guards: Bullets, Drogic, and, and Isaiah Thomas. Um. So yeah, that's why that's why I got to go with him here at nine. I mean, yeah. At the final one.
1: And to round out uh, the top ten of the 2011 redraft. Um, I'm kind of between two guys here. It's between Tristan Thompson and Bohan Bogdanovich. Mm -hmm. Um, They've both been, you know, solid in their own different ways. One's more of a scoring, shooting, threat offense weapon, and Tristan Thompson's just a defensive rebounder. Um, But, you know, if I was a team, I'm not looking for someone just to go get boards and play defense sometimes. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Bohan Bogdanovich. He's been a critical part of Utah this year, the past couple years. Um, and he can really stroke that ball. So I'll go with Bohan by Ganovich.
0: Don't, don't forget about his time in Indiana, my guy. He was...
1: Uh, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Indiana gets rid of all their good players anyways.
0: Exactly. No, I just want to give a quick shout out to Chandler Parsons, because not because of anything he did on the court, but he stole a lot of money from the Houston Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies.
1: <laughs> yeah, shout out to him, man. He's living nice now. I, can't, I wouldn't complain if I were him.
0: <laughs> he is living his best life. Um, didn't really play in the NBA for a lot of years. So... But those are our redrafts again. Let us know down in the comment section who you take in your top five or your top ten. Excuse me. You also have the Morris twins. Those are two guys I was thinking about at ten and nine, but yeah. I just they haven't. You know, one I think one is better than the other, but I, I never know which one it is. So yeah. I think the one that plays for the um, Lakers. Oh, is it, is it <laughs> the Lakers? We, we, don't,
1: we don't even know.
0: They they both play in LA now, so it makes it like ten times harder. At least before there there was a conspiracy theory about how one of them got sick or got hurt in like a playoff game for the Suns, and the brother who was out of the playoffs, I think at the time he was playing for Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he replaced him and like played the next game <laughs> that. That'd be crazy if that ever came out, that that was a true story. I would actually die. Um,
1: cool. I definitely interview them and ask them that once their career is over so they wouldn't get in too
0: much heat. Oh, exactly. Um, and then last thing we're going to talk about real fast before we go to break. Um, is we we've talked about you know there's been a huge spec or not speculation a huge talk about old school kind of versus new school especially with the different rule changes when it comes to hand checking defense stuff like that um nowadays we have amazing scores in the league where back then we we had really good scores but mainly defensive guys um so we're gonna kind of we can, I guess we can kind of pick the old school team versus the new school team like pick a starting five Maybe a, starting, maybe a starting five and a, and a six man. Um, but really, we're going to say, who, who do we think would, what era do we think is, I guess, better? Um, and then kind of say if, if, which is kind of a hard question to answer because it, really that's opinion. Um, but then kind of, I guess, pick um, a top five and kind of see who would, who would actually win in a um, seven-game series, the old school team or a new school team. And then again, I will do this. I'll make a video for it on TikTok as well as YouTube for you guys to watch the full series and everything like that. But let's go ahead and get into this. Let's start with the old school era. Um, let's just kind of go through and pick a pick a top five. I know you and I kind of have a, a similar mind when it comes to picking these teams. So I'm going to let you kind of go through and maybe t- call out a couple names and we can kind of talk from there.
1: Yeah, no, I, absolutely. T- these two eras, you know, it just kind of the mindset of – I think the biggest thing affects is how kids play basketball nowadays mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, you know, leagues, even if look like at baseball and NFL, there's always rule changes, which makes the game faster, or higher scoring and whatnot. And that's just the way life goes. So I don't think, you know, it's hard to pick one or the other, but, um, you know, before I'd probably say, you know, got to throw magic in there at point. Now you can either go with him or Stockton or mm-hmm. even Isaiah Thomas, but I think, you know, magic would probably be the clear choice. Um, obviously Michael Jordan at the two, Yep. Uh, Probably Larry Bird at the three, um, power forward. Uh, probably Malone. Yeah, yeah, and then probably center. Yeah, you have a lot of choices you can pick. Um, Will can, Will Kareem. You, can, you pick Will Kareem, Hakeem, Bill Russell, any of those guys, yeah. and you can put one of them at the six man. Yeah. So I think a lot of the old school eras you know, focus on defense and the hand, the hand checking is a huge thing and mm-hmm. a lot of rules with, like, shooting three points, landing under people's feet, like, mm-hmm. those weren't things back then. So it was a lot harder to score. And nowadays people are taking, you know, more and more threes. But those are some good guys. The only person I have a question asking you about to throw in either air is Shaq. Yeah, because so I'll, I was drafted in 94. Yeah. He was great for those years. He was great up until, like, 06. He was about, you know, 50-50 um what would you throw him a certain era or should we just kind of exclude him
0: so i, I did forget to mention this so we're, we're calling the old school era and i put that in quotes because i mean really i think it does stretch into like the early 2000s mm-hmm. but from 1999 and back we've got um the old school era is what we're going to label it and then from 2000 on we've got um the new school era um and what we'll do with kill Nils, i'm just going to throw him away he is mm-hmm. not an either because he, he was great in both, and he was two different players in both eras, honestly. Yeah, sure. um, you know, in, in the early 90s especially, he was a run-and-gun type of center, you know, highlighted plays. I mean, it's crazy to think that that dude weighed, like, almost 300 pounds, like, and he was 7'2 or whatever. Uh, and then when he, he was more of a back-to-the-basket type of big with the Lakers and the Clippers, or not Clippers, uh, Celtics and all those teams he played for. So I'm throwing him out. Um, just for that sole purpose. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fight you on that one as well. Um, but one, one thing I will fight you on is potentially putting Scotty Pippen as a six man as well. Yeah. Um, just because for, for in this, this reason, if you are going to play this new skill school era ball, um, we'll probably have not a power forward on our team um or you know what i'm saying so we would probably have to have scotty come on to play as like the four or whatever like that but it is hard to put him over a lot of those centers because those centers names are really great um and yeah. bill russell can easily play the four and guard anyone um yeah. as well so that era is is very good and, and it's tough for us to kind of judge them because we never saw them play live
1: yeah it's kind of funny to think like obviously the game would probably be played in today's era but it'd be funny mm-hmm. to think the different rosters of what we'd pick for this like before 2000s mm-hmm. old school era, you know, the difference we probably, you know, throw someone like a Reggie Miller in there as well, mm-hmm. or like third um, old shrimp, like great shooters of all time. Like you, you probably have to pick those guys to compete, but then if you reverse the perspective and say, Oh, we're throwing all the old school rules in, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to get, you know, the biggest, baddest dudes in today's game, you know, that are, would beef and you know you know check people up so it's kind of it's kind of funny how it affects the type of players you put on that roster.
0: Exactly, yeah, for sure. And, and another name, uh, Joe Dumars. I would throw mm-hmm. him on there just for shooting ability and his defense ability. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll probably have to draft more players off 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 the air, um, but just for time purposes, we're only doing six. So that's kind of our old school era. Let's go real fast in the new school. Um, of course, at the point position, you got to start with Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard not to put him there. Um, and, I mean, really, it kind of depends on how you want to build your teams or where you want to go for two. I mean, obviously, I'm putting Kobe at two, but really you can make a case for James Harden um, just because of how great he is with the ball in his hands um, and, and everything like that. So that's kind of those are kind of my two guys I'm talking about there. At three, I got LeBron James, of course, no questions, and the if or buts. But depending on where we want to put KD, you put a power forward, or small forward, you know, pre-Achilles tear. Um, I'm putting him at small forward and, and running with him as my. I mean, he's probably going to be my sixth man anyway because I would want to put Tim Duncan at the at the four. I would um, too. All right. Great. And then, All right. and then, and then at the five, um, it's it's tough, um, and I'm probably going to get some heat for saying his name, but I think I might put then this is just Orlando Magic Dwight Howard um, mm. solely because I think. I mean, there have been great centers, but like Yao Ming and even KG, you could put it at the center. But um, Dwight Howard's shot blocking ability, um, yeah, was he's amazing. Three-time
1: Defensive Player of the Year. People forget that he was the best center and an MVP candidate when he was with mm-hmm. the Magic back in the day. Exactly. Uh, the only thing I would maybe change or throw an idea up there, just because, like you mentioned earlier, we'd probably be playing this game mm-hmm. in a more modern era of basketball. Um, I'd even suggest to like throw someone like move Tim Duncan to the center position. Cause mm-hmm. he did a lot of centers career, you know, keep Kitty at the four, have him be the mm-hmm. six man and throw in someone like Kevin Garnett or Dirk. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, That's not even like supposed to be a biased math saying cause like mm-hmm. Dirk was, you know, kind of the modern stretch for it. Yep. I think he was the one who kind of built what, you know, today's bigs are. And I don't think, those guys, and he was athletic back in the day, but no one will ever think about
0: that. <laughs> he was. He was back in the early 2000s. He was pretty athletic. not um, a bad defender then. But right. everyone everyone sees him now, or at least every time I think of Dirk, I always think of his last year, watching him run down the floor it was not good. Um, you know I mean? now, now, to kind of put you on the spot, of these two teams, again, these aren't the exact teams that we're going to be using. Like I said, we'll probably do something off air another time. Uh, where we actually kind of pick out a 12-man, 13-man roster where we actually go through a full season and then do playoffs and everything like that. But if you had to pick old era versus new era, who do you have would win in a seven-game uh, playoff series?
1: Uh, That's tough. You have legends everywhere on the court at all times, all the way down the bench, probably even with head coaches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pick the new school era um, just because we probably be play in a modern NBA, NBA game. Um there's, I just think there's more depth of talent in the new school era. I'm sure person to person for a 13 man roster, it would be pretty equal, but yeah. I just, I just think they're too skilled uh, compared to some of these, you know, the old school era of basketball.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's tough because it's hard to pick against Michael. And I think they would, I think it would honestly probably go to six, seven game series. Um, I, I think, and I hate to say this because I hate this saying, but threes are worth more than twos. Yeah, um, and so is. that that's the main reason why I have them beating them. And defense does win championships, but... Um, I'll, put it, I'll,
1: I'll put it this way. I think you have more one-dimensional guys in the old school era mm-hmm. that are you know, either like a John Stockton or Magic, for example. You know, they're pass for first point guards. Then yeah. you have like someone like Steph who, you know, can pass, shoot, score. Mm-hmm. And they they can't defend, but like if you think of like the new school era, most players are two-way players on offense, defense, spin, they can pass and rebound. Mm-hmm. I think they're just more versatile than what some of these old school era guys did. And that's not to knock them because they're some of the best players of all time.
0: Now, if I was the if I was the old school error, and we can talk about their coaches. I mean, I think this one's pretty easy. You got Greg Popovich coaching the new school guys, and you got mm-hmm. Phil Jackson coaching the old school guys. Yep. Pretty simple there. Um, yeah. now if Bill Russell for whatever reason wasn't on the roster, you could probably slide him in as the coach as well because he he was a great maybe, coach. he assistant. Yeah, there you go. Um, but my game plan is is attack whoever's playing the four, especially if they're gonna play small ball. I'm gonna put a big in there. Now defensively, you're gonna get smoked, but offensively, you know, you can try to draw fouls and stuff like that. It, it, it's tough. Well, you know, it's it's something that we'll let the video games do. Um, you could put all four of
1: those great centers all the time and Michael at the one and just be so big that they can't go anywhere.
0: And it's not like those centers weren't athletic. I mean, and, and they are all over seven foot besides Bill Russell, but still, yeah, it's – Sorry, six eleven is a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but uh, we're actually gonna take a quick timeout here from our sponsor, Anchor. when we come back, we're gonna talk about some current NBA talk, um, but not actually about the stains or anything like that. Keeping it lighthearted again. But we'll see you guys after the break. And we are back. Um, as I mentioned, we're gonna talk about some newer stuff, as in uh, kind of players going around the league right now. Um, so the first one we got is the top young NBA duos um both players have to be below age 25 which we have a lot of great young talent in the nba right now uh, it's a very exciting time to kind of jump on these guys and see them grow over their year over the next um probably like 10 years honestly for a lot of them um i've got a top 10 list here i'll show you my list uh, and you guys can let us know if we're missing anyone but uh per this site or whatever it says the top 10 if you got jason tatum and jalen brown at one luka donkic and Kristaps at two ingram and zion at three cat and russell uh or d'angelo russell at four trey and collins at five booker and eight at six bam and hero at seven which i hate that one sabonis and turner at eight levine and uh, uh markinen at nine and sexton and garland at ten so jacob i ask you who is the top young duo in the nba
1: Yeah, um, those are some great ones. Um, I'm just going to give a little shout-out to Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. for They are hooping this year. Like, Mm -hmm. the Cavs may not be good. Um, If they can somehow attract some type of forward or get someone good in the draft at a big position, they could be good in the future. But you know how the saying goes. Cleveland is just not a desirable place to be. But um, this is a good list. Um, I'm going to give you a top three uh, Mm -hmm. duos in the league. Oh, man, this is tough. I am going to add one in here. Um, oh, man, this is so tough. I-, I think I'm going to agree with this website and mm-hmm. with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at number one. Um, I don't think they're quite like the superstars that, like, Luca is. Yeah. Tatum's pretty close. But I think they're consistently – both their games are higher than a combined of everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I don't know. They're just great players. And then at number two, I think I would, again, stay with Luca and Christophs Porzingis. I just, Luca carries that duo so much. Mm-hmm. And when Christophs is playing to the like level, he really has, like when he hasn't been, before he rolled his ankle recently, mm-hmm. he had been averaging like 24 and 12 and two and a half blocks, which is pretty damn good. And I just think he catches a lot more heat mm-hmm. um, for one bad game out of a stretch of 10 games than having nine good games. Exactly. So I think... People are starting to kind of, you know, just give him a hard time more than actually give him credit when credit's due. Um, I like the Ingram and Zion duo at three, but that's not who I'm going to take. I'm adding one, and it's Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Yep. They're both under 25. I think Jokic is 25. Um, you know, he's literally probably going to be the MVP this year. Um, Jamal Murray is probably what's weighing him down compared to the other two duos. Mm-hmm. But, man, Nuggets are just so solid all around. Look what Jokic is doing for the Nuggets without their second best player in Jamal Murray. They've mm-hmm. had the best record since Mar- March 1st without, you know, their star point guard. So um, this list did a pretty good job other than excluding those two guys, which should definitely be in the top three. So, um, that's I'd, so end of story, Jason Tatum Jalen Brown, I think, are probably the best young
0: duo in the league. Okay, not to burst your bubble, I just looked it up. Jokic is 26 his birthday Um, when did did he turn 26 it must have been February 19th yeah okay so 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 that uh, that list was probably made after his birthday but yeah it's yeah close enough yeah close enough because I looked up Embiid as well because I was like damn why isn't Embiid and Simmons but Embiid's 27 so um which is crazy to think I think he came in the league when he was like 19 years old so um yeah I mean I the only reason why I Obviously, I think Tatum and Brown are number one. It's just because of how consistent they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they both are, are very good scores. They both have been rising ever since their their rookie year. Especially Tatum. I mean, he's borderline a superstar. Um, yeah. But he's also he's also falling in my eyes because the Celtics are not as good. Um, just kind of how they have recent success with their record and stuff like that. So, um, and I, I will see like. Kind of after that, there's, there's a huge gap. And the reason why I said there's a gap is because, like, Luca does carry that duo. Like, Kristoff's when he was in New York, if he was playing like that, which, I mean, realistically, he's not playing much different. He's just not making as much of an impact because you got, you have a guy like Luca who's making all the impact. So yeah. he kind of gets overshadowed there. Um, but I do think they're number two, and I do think the Pelicans are number three. Just based off of age alone. I know Jacob said Jokic. I mean, obviously, if he if he if him and Jamal were under 25, I think they would be number two on this list. Yeah. Now, I think you can make an argument for that. But I do think I do think Luke is a bigger star than Jokic. So, you yeah. know, like, even, even though yeah. they're like best friends. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a season. You kind of like made my point talking about like Chris. He gets overshadowed. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I think they should be number two. Like, he's been having a great year. His numbers are like 22, like nine mm-hmm. and a half and, like, a couple blocks a game. He's a pretty good two-way pick. <laughs> I just, you know, I th- I think people should give him more credit sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I really do think they they disrespected the Suns. Well, really, Devin Booker. I mean, Aiden really – and I think it's Aiden, just kind of the same thing. Booker is carrying this duo. Um, that's why they're not as high. I'm not in love with Carl Anthony Townsend and Russell. Yes, they still have a great future, but they just haven't played together. So, yeah we have no idea if they're good together. Um, and Trey Young and, and Collins, kind of the same thing again, Trey Young carrying that duo. Um, and then and then Brandon Ingram and Zion, I think are perfectly placed at three for the simple fact that uh, that they, they're they both great players. They both average 20-some odd points a game. Zion's the most efficient score in the league, but he only shoots two points. I, I was watching a game. I think it was the Knicks game. No, no, it was another game. I was watching another Pelicans game. And uh, he's only shot like 19 shots outside the paint this year. And I was like, aren't we almost done in the season? how you only shoot 19 shots outside the paint. He, he's
1: literally, he's incredible. Like, you know how we're just talking about a second ago, you know, comparing the eras before, you know, the ad timeout, mm-hmm. um, he is playing like an old school era, just dominating the paint. And he is always seven. It's remarkable what he's able to do. Um, and he is going to be one of the best players in the league in a year or so. He's just dynamic, electric mm-hmm. to watch. Um, Pelicans have a bright
0: future with him and Ingram there. Exactly. And uh, I really do think Hero and Bam should be down further on the list as well as Levine and, and Markington because it's really Markington's issue. Um, Levine's great. Yeah, um, Markinan
1: hasn't done shit this year. I, I think he's had a few injury problems, but he has just been garbage.
0: Yeah. And then obviously I love seeing this a bonus and Turner on this list. Um, I mean, they're not a great duo, uh, if we're being real. I think they kind of con- contradict each other a lot. Um, yeah but because
1: like they're the only like four and five duo on this list mm -hmm. everyone's either but two guards or a guard and a forward Mm -hmm. you know I would say even like Ingram and Zion Ingram plays more like a guard Mm -hmm. and Zion's so like a big it's it's kind of funny but you know I just don't see Turner and Sabonis you know playing together forever um oh yeah I do I do like them and like both players
0: yeah and I think Miles Turner almost got traded away this year so Interesting. Uh, But I do think Sexton and Garland probably need to be higher on this list because they've had phenomenal years, and I think they really complement each other.
1: Yeah, I think they should be higher than Levine and Markin, probably Mm -hmm. higher than Bam and Hero. Maybe – probably higher than Sabonis and Turner this year as well, just based on their own play, not what they can carry for a team.
0: I I don't understand everyone's deal with sucking Tyler Hero's wiener because, like, I mean, he did have a good – he did have a good rookie year. Don't get me wrong. But I haven't heard his name this year at all. Yeah, me either. I think he had one good
1: game, like second or third game of the year. And You know, he's
0: he's been quiet. So um, I, I just don't,
1: my thing is I don't understand why they wouldn't give him up for James Harden.
0: Oh, on heartbeat, I would have Tyler hearing, He's he's yeah. not that good. That so. makes
1: zero sense to me.
0: Uh, but ag- again, I sh- I showed you guys the list. Let us know if we missed any ones. Um, I don't think we did because. Uh, there are a lot of great single players, but not a lot of great single or duos in the league. So uh, they, this, this site did a very good job of, of providing us that. And again, I think Tatum and, and Brown, just because I think if you put them on individual teams without each other, they're probably superstars at this point, uh, yeah. just kind of like Bradley Beal in a sense. They'd be yeah. like Beal. Um, but we're going to go ahead and move on now. <clears throat> again, talking uh, a little bit about um, kind of almost an ideal guard. Uh, and more so just the point guard position. I know realistically, there's no longer any more point guards. We have a bunch of combo guards. Um, but um, kind of when we were playing growing up, you had kind of a pass, for, pass first point guard um, or a shoot first point guard. And that's kind of my question to you is, is, is if you're building a team and if you're building a, an ideal point guard, uh, what do you want your point guard to be like? And kind of how I visioned it. Um, my pass, for, pass first guy would be like a CP3 type prototype Mm -hmm. and a shoot first would kind of be like Kyrie Irving. Um, There's probably someone, maybe, maybe a Steph Curry. I didn't want to say Steph because you're like, Oh, Steph Curry can make everything he shoots, but more so like they're not those players. It's kind of the mold that they follow. So in your opinion, what kind what do you want your point guard to be like?
1: Yeah. um, It's definitely hard to tell. And um, it depends on how good that player might be for your team and what type of role they fit in. If it's Mm -hmm. their best player or someone who just, you know, trying to get the best player of the ball. But, you know, if he's going to be the leader of the team and um, an ideal point guard, I, you know, this might be biased because I was a pass first point guard my whole Mm -hmm. career. You know, when I was middle school, high school and college, I was always the pass first guy can score if I needed to, just like you Mm -hmm. said, Chris Paul. And kind of like we talked about, you know, for weeks now, what CP3 has done for these teams over the year as a pass first point guard, um, he's risen them from being average or below average to good or great teams like they have with the Suns this year, and I just think that's you know, I you don't get that in the NBA this more, and those players are very hard to come by. And yeah. even I'd, I'd even consider Russell Westbrook sometimes a fa- pass first point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was like playing with Katie, and now when he's like playing with Bradley Beal, he's more of a pass first point guard when he wasn't the only superstar on his team. Yeah. Um, and I think that can just be very beneficial because these guys can go get buckets, but they can get other guys involved. And I think mm-hmm. that's super critical, you know, to being a good and efficient offensive team in the NBA.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I think, and and you can almost put Luka Doncic as a shoot first point guard in a sense. I mean, he does make incredible passes, but I think a pass first guy, someone that leads your team, he he's usually the captain of your team. If not the most vocal player on the team, he runs everything, make sure everyone gets theirs. But as you mentioned, can also get their own. So, and I think for us, that's kind of the era we grew up in is having more of a pass first guy, um, not really a shoot first guy. You know, when you're coming off a ball screen, you're not looking to you're not looking to, to pull up and shoot, even though that's kind of the first option. You're looking to get someone else open in the. Yeah, you're looking
1: for a role guy. You're looking for the skip across the court. Yeah, no, exactly. I totally yeah.
0: So that's kind. Of, and I think I think for myself, like as a, as a, a hopefully a coach here in the future, but um for myself. I would love to have a pass first guy, you know, a team guy, it's your point guard position. Again, your point guard is your, is your quarterback as I, as we've talked about a lot, like he's, he's the one making a lot of the decisions and I want the decisions to be good decisions. And uh, so I, I think pass for guys have the mind, that mindset in their head whereas shoot first guys are like, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm getting mine, we're having a good game, but if I'm not getting yeah. mine, like I'm going to, I'm going to keep shooting until I get mine. So right. it's kind of tough. Um you know, obviously, if, if, if they ended up being Steph Curry, you'd want Steph Curry over CP3 probably.
1: Yeah. It's but. it's just, you know, kind of like what the NBA has come to, like, you know, with the modern NBA, which we've talked about all long, all day long on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you just look at the all-NBA, like, first team, you know what they list it as now is three guards and two forwards. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, like, position. There's just so many guys in the league, like, even Steph, LeBron, Luka, all these guys they can do both at mm-hmm. a super high level um but i mean at the end of the day i'd still rather have a pass first point guard like cp3 if i had to choose one
0: yeah exactly um i, I think again it's just that come that's kind of our era it was kind of that pass first guy uh we were kind of the last of a dying breed in that sense um but then the last one we got to talk about steph curry because i mean the month of april or yeah the month of april he's had Incredible. I think it's like the greatest shooting month ever. He said the most three point three most three pointers in a month ever, highest percentage in a month ever. Um, I mean, the the question I posed to you, and the question I'm gonna pose to you now, I, and I think I think it is. I think it's time to start talking about him as as top five greatest ever in the NBA history. I know it's his career's still not done, um, but I'm gonna give you my reasonings why here in a second. Um, but I I, I really do think it is, and I think he I think by the end of his career he might go down as the best guard in history I'm not going to say point guard because as we just mentioned it's kind of becoming unclear so my reasons why I'm I'm saying he's got to be in a top five you know if if we listed off our top five it might be different but they're pretty similar you got Michael at one LeBron probably at two maybe those two are flipped whatever Um, you got some people don't have Kobe in the top five, but if not, I'm going to put him at just number five. And you got probably Kareem Abdul Jabbar and maybe Tim Duncan or something.
1: So, one of those bigs from the. Yeah. Line. Yeah.
0: So, so the, the, the common denominator between all those guys, in my opinion, is they all changed the game, right? Everyone kind of did something. You can put Magic or Larry in that top five as well. They changed the game as well. So, all those guys changed the game. All the greatest of all times, you know, have changed the game. Obviously, Michael changed the game. What has Steph Curry done? Completely revolutionized the NBA as it was as it is today, and not just the NBA. I, I coach a ba- I coach a fifth grade basketball team. They shoot better three pointers than they do mid range shots. Better than they do layups because all they do is work on three pointers. Because all they want to do is be like Steph Curry. And and as, as a young kid, when you're watching the NBA and you watch LeBron James as great as he is, you're not gonna you're not gonna grow up to be like LeBron. But you could grow up to be like Steph Curry, you know, hit, hit, by if you really think about it, his was all through hard work, his handles, his shot. He's not super tall. He's not super athletic. I mean, obviously he's is, he's an athletic guy. It's not like he's, you know, just a bum out there playing and just shooting threes. So that's why I think for him, he's going to go down as a top five, not just because of what he's done in his career. I mean, he's the first, I think he's the first uh, unanimous MVP ever. Yeah, he is. First unanimous MVP ever. Um, the greatest, I think, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that one, the greatest shooter ever in, in NBA history mm-hmm. when it comes to made shots, percentages, everything. And he's won three championships already, and he's still only 32 years old. Those are my reasons. So you you can you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, um, but I'll, I'll let you kind of talk
3: about that.
1: No, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I get the idea of players being able to change the game, and that usually is a good common denominator between, you know, even the top 15 players, even like you can use Dirk, for example, he's not a top five. He's not mm-hmm. probably top 10, maybe top 15, but change the game as stretch fours have, you know, Michael, he was changing the game with all these mid-rangers, magic, Kareem, how they dominated the paint and stuff. Um, I, I have two reasons why I don't think he'll be the greatest top five player of all time. He, I, I definitely think he should be top 10 and maybe even like number six, like he mm-hmm. should be right there. But I don't think he'll be top five for two reasons. One, I don't think he's ever going to win another championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think – yes, he's 32. Unless they get, like, another superstar like KD. I'd, even, even if they had Clay this year, I don't think they'd be able to go win a championship. I think he's kind of past that unless something really changes. Mm-hmm. And if you look at every guy in front of him, they all have more championships with him. And that's what – the thing that's always held LeBron back from being over Jordan or whatever – and Larry Bird over like magic and stuff is the number of rings, and he has three. Everyone else has four, five, or six, mm-hmm. or whatever. That's one reason. And the second reason is, if you look at those top five players, like we probably mentioned, like even like Kobe, Jordan, mm-hmm. LeBron, like a Bill Russell, uh, Kareem, uh, Tim Duncan, or whatever. Just so, say those six guys. You know, mm-hmm. are arguably always top five. What's the one thing they all do that Steph Curry has never been good at? play defense they're all they're all two good two-way players mm-hmm. a couple of them won defensive player of the years LeBron's been second a few times Kobe's been you know all NBA defense I don't think Steph Curry's ever won one yeah and he said he'll have all those great accolades you know best shooter of all time mm-hmm. multiple MVPs unanimous but he's missing you know eight to ten all NBA yeah. defensive teams that all those guys do have and mm-hmm. that's not to knock him part of that's his size mm-hmm. and uh, like athletic ability but I, you know, people are going to stack up accolades and that's one of the things that, you know, will probably be a knock from keeping him a top five all time.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, also, I think, I guess to counter that as well, you know, because he did change the game to where, I mean, defense does matter. Right. And when the playoffs start, you know, we'll see teams actually playing defense, which is a nice, um, but when they, in the regular season, they they don't care. It's, it's, it's hard to watch regular season games. And that's why I don't watch a lot of NBA regular season games because they just don't play defense. And I love playing defense. You know, when I play now, I I can't take as much pride in it because I can't move the same anymore. But like when I was a player, like it was all about defense, 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 uh, and then we'll get ours on offense. But um, so for him, I think that's why, that's why he's not as good on defense. Like, it's not a, as big of an issue because, like I said, he can give up a two-point shot, and he he knows he's going to get three on the way back. And if he doesn't get three, Clay's going to get three. Um, so I think it's just a different mindset for him. Um, yeah, than- no,
1: like, and that's and that's totally fair, but, like, when mm-hmm. people come down to debate yeah. it, if you stacked up every – say, like, Jordan has, like, 32 total accolades, mm-hmm. LeBron has 30, and blah, blah. All these guys have 28 to 30. will yeah. be closer to, like, 15
0: yeah exactly just because of
1: like not being a defense uh two essentially a two-way play he's not a bad defender he's not the yeah. best like he's very average at defense yeah and I just, he's a team know, defender exactly so I, I that'll just be a knock that a lot of people have and i wouldn't mind seeing him win another championship seeing him be a top five player mm-hmm. i'd be happy for that i just don't think people for those reasons would allow him to be a top five player
0: And it'll be interesting, like, as we mentioned, he still has a lot of career left to play. So this, this is, this is not, we've not solved the solution. And the
1: one positive thing about him, you know, with a lot of people that struggle when they get older, being able to adapt to the game, he won't adapt to defense. He's already (laughs) getting a lot worse at that, but he will be very, a very capable offensive player Mm -hmm. way into his late thirties. So he does have some juice left and some miles left on those legs to be able to, you know, be functional after he's 35, 36 years old. Because he's no LeBron. He's not athletic like that and can dominate. But he can be kind of like Vince Carter and be able to change and adapt and be effective, you know, late into his 30s.
0: Exactly. And then kind of the second discussion to this, um, you know, we do, I think, I think that consists um to the greatest point guard of ever, of all time is Magic. Um, and, you know, you can probably put CP3 in that conversation now um especially since he's kind of coming to the end of, but actually hold off on that because he hasn't won an NBA championship so probably not for that reason as we said you know stacking accolades yeah, and stuff
1: Oscar Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh, those guys yeah. as well um but I think I mean again I think it's time to start yeah, talking yeah. about him in that in that conversation as a, as the greatest point guard of all time and again it's tough to say point guard because he's not yeah it, it, the point guards like magic and Isaiah as we mentioned they were more mm-hmm. pass first guys. They were more about doing all the little things, making sure the offense was run. Whereas Steph, Dame, even Russell, Westbrook nowadays, they you know they're all about getting theirs and 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 then if, if they get covered, then they then they kick it out. So yeah, what I, do you I, think, I, Jacob?
1: I love all those guys. he's already the second best point guard of all time. Like mm-hmm. I love the J Kids, the Oscars, you know, the Isaiah yeah. Thompson great players and you know, Hall of Fame, talent level, but I don't think. Other than Magic, none of those guys really changed the game. Probably, I mean, Oscar may have, but there was just no one like Oscar back in the day. But, um, I mean, he has three championships, Magic has four. They're just very different. I think those, I think it'll come down uh, to one of those things, uh, when you talk to an older guy, they'll probably pick Magic. But when you talk to a younger guy, they'll probably pick Steph. And, you know, I. it's hard, I don't want to say they should be tied, but Mm -hmm. if, his career ended right now, I think they could be tied for the best point guard of all time in their own respective ways.
0: Yeah. And I think again, it's just it's again same thing as like the LeBron Jordan debate. they played in such different eras mm-hmm. and and their styles are so different. And theirs is actually worse when it comes to differences. Um, but like for me, it's just so hard to Magic was a six-nine point guard and he he was terrible at shooting threes. Um, but he was he was
1: actually a pretty good shooter.
0: But he, only, just, he didn't shoot a bunch though. Didn't take a lot, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean it, his his statistics look bad because of that. But whereas Steph is, you know, shooting 23s in the night. Um, so yeah, it's it's really hard to put him, but <laughs> I do think I do think Steph will probably pass him. Um just just based on like that he is a guard and um, you know, Magic True sure was awesome, but um yeah, it's just it is it, it's a really hard conversation to have because they are two so great, but they're so different. Uh, you can't really put a value on that yeah totally but yeah so that's going to do it for us today like i said very kind of lighthearted show very opinion-based show had a fun time doing it with jacob we always have good conversations when we do this Uh, one of these days we'll get his dad on and we'll have a we'll we'll have a real real opinion-based show you have to do a lot of bleeps on YouTube and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So, um, but that's going to do it for us here on the 5 Out Podcast. Thank you guys so so much for sticking around. We'll see you guys next week to talk some more NBA stuff. And we'll probably be back to the uh, talking a little bit more about the playoffs because it's coming in hot. The playing tournament is around the corner.
3: Yes, it is. And that's going to do it for this episode of the 5 Out Podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more, check us out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. We drop episodes every Thursday. So be sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you guys want to, or if you guys don't mind it's 100 free for you guys and all does is help us out in the long run if you look us up on youtube though it would have to be at sideline sports the channel name uh you'll be able to watch our videos as well as our splitting uprights episodes as well and then if you want to look us up on apple or spotify it's at five under five out is the name looks up there hit that squ- hit that subscribe button like i said Um, and then if you want to see some of our daily content, check us out on Twitter at five underscore out. You'll be able to see a lot of our daily content that we post and weekly content, like our fantasy recaps, as well as some other things that we do on there. But if you don't prefer Twitter, you prefer Instagram and TikTok, we have stuff on there as well. But that one's on Sideline Sports, you have to check us out on those. Um and check us out at Sideline Sports. We post very similar content on both platforms, but you also see some of our football stuff as well in there. So thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening today. We'll see you guys next week.
4: Times a little dreaming, riding the bus. You don't smoke, but it's cool in France. Super city with your girls yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. Seventeen nights a year. Class, House party team turned turn up yeah. with your mans. Arguments see, all day see, with your friends. Yeah. Just to yeah. go out, gotta yeah. fight for this yeah. shit. My gotta realize yeah. you're a high, high school girl. Don't matter how school, you school, put you it, used to fuck niggas. But you don't trust niggas, no, yeah. no. You don't trust niggas, no, But you don't trust niggas, no, no. You don't trust niggas, no, no. But they still trust you. They still fuck with you. Anything you do, anything you do, everything's for you. She got a little bit of drum with her friends. She got a little bit of drum with her friends. She got a little bit of drum with her friends. She got a little bit of drama with her friends. She got a little bit of jump with, 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 with her friends, yeah. Every lost girl I know is over 26. Every lost girl I know is just too afraid to admit it. You give your body to me, I body that like a savage. Give and take, you give it to them, they take the shit for granted, yeah. Different than it was before. People around you want it more. Yeah, for yeah, for sure Wonder what they're in it for Take it last relationship Look how good you treated him You could birth like four of him Girl, you never needed him But they still need you They still fuck with you Anything you do Anything you do Everything's for you Drama is for you Take that L you lose
3: Girl, that's not